Welcome back, everybody, to another East of Stratford podcast. Uh, today, we're talking about what went wrong since Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill left Manchester United. And there's been so many things, and we're going to do it in a playlist. So we're going to do a manager's edition, which is today. We're going to do an Ed Woodward and the board edition, and we're going to do a player's edition. So, you know, sit back, relax. Today, we're talking about the managers. What's up, boys, before we get into it? How are y'all doing? Good, good. How are you doing, Arman? Good. Vishnu, you staying safe? Yeah, I just um, fled to my parents' house. I'm in Chennai now, so it's a little bit of a um, shift, but we're here. We'll get this started. We've got a lot of time in our hands, boys, so there's no excuses for us. Whatsoever to like not post content. Yeah. Yeah, and Karthik's got a nice shirt on, dude. Where where's yeah. that from, buddy? Dude, no, I'm just taking it a level up every episode. First <laughs> then a t shirt. Now I'm gonna get a haircut, but I can't get a haircut now. Yeah, we can't get a haircut. That's my biggest trouble. But dude, on to the topic that you guys have clicked on this video for. Today we're talking about managers. Why have we fucked up? with manager after manager, changing after six months, changing after two years, and then three years and a bit with Jose Mourinho. So as you guys know, we started with David Moyes, who replaced Sir Alex Ferguson as the chosen one. Um, I don't know about that. Then we moved to Louis van Gaal, you know, a very experienced manager, has managed Bayern, has managed Barca. And then we moved to Jose Mourinho. Uh, I don't need to give him much of an introduction. One of the best managers in the history of the game, but in the past like five to six years has been absolute dog shit. So we're going to dive deep into each one of those. And starting with Mr. David Moyes, Vishnu, kick us off. David Moyes, the supposed chosen one. Um, in all, in all fairness, like I'll start off easy with him as well. It's a um, bit difficult to fill the shoes of Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, mm-hmm. who is undoubtedly like the best manager the world has ever seen in the, world, in the game of football. Uh, he had won the league as well in his final year <clears throat> as manager. Lost his final game, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, from going um, into 2000. 12 to 13 season when we won the title, raking up 86 points with 28 wins, steps in a chosen, um, what do you say, a chosen manager by Sir Alex Ferguson himself. Uh, he had a point, he had said that David Moyes would succeed him, which is a shocking, you know, revelation for all fans at that point in time because David Moyes was just the Everton manager and um, they had finished sixth their previous year. Uh, with 63 points, Moyers comes in, and uh, from day one, you can see that there's been like a sort of, um, he just didn't fit the role as expected. You know, there's, it, is, it is tough on him as well. It's, um, but like even from day one, he was just very uncouth about um, how he was, an aw- he was awestruck about Man United the whole time. So he didn't really hold, for me, he didn't really seem to be like a manager already in command. He was still like trying to, like, you know, get into the whole aspect of being a Manchester United man- manager. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the end, of the, the end of the year, he finished with only 64 points. Uh, United finished seventh that season with only half, like, 50% win, 19 wins. 
seven draws and 12 losses uh, that season, um, which is pretty much what he would have done with Everton. So it didn't really make a difference to us. He didn't win any trophies. He was signed on a six-year deal. Can you believe that? Six-year deal for a fucking manager is ridiculous. And he lasted only nine months um, and was, um, was fired after United's like, bad performance. And um, Ryan Giggs took over, I think. Mm-hmm. But in this time as well, um, I have like four or five things that really went wrong with David Moyers. Um, so he did last the season despite uh, inheriting a title-winning squad that included Rio Ferdinand, Wayne Rooney, all these guys as well. Um, yeah, he was, Rio in an interview said that he was like very hands-on everything. So he wanted to be a part of every, every single thing. And he didn't really delegate, which is what Alex Ferguson did a lot. And he was good at doing that. So he struggled there because he didn't, couldn't control everything. So the coaching, the player management, everything, he, he had to be hands-on on it, which kind of sucked for him, I guess. Um, uh, and he also said that, we also said that um, he was focusing more on the other team's strengths than um, uh, United's own tactics. Because uh, he would look at like games against Liverpool or like, I guess Chelsea, and they'll be talking about Hazard for most of the session and not even like discussing their own tactics. So they're like looking to solve problems instead of, you know, creating goals, which, which is a backward, it's a back, backward step as well in a manager career. Um, he, when he came in as well, he severed a lot of ties with the coaching staff. Uh, one of the most notable ones yeah. was Rene Mullenstein. He was our first team coach and he became the assistant manager as well, also Alex Ferguson. Before he left, this guy was fucking insane. And it's, you know, if you're coming into like a big club, you should, you know, have at least coaches or like at least a backroom staff who are like quite comfortable with the players and stuff because you are new into the setup and you don't want to create that sort of like newness with the team's culture as well. You want to keep that going because they've just won a title as well. So that was his first issue. Um, he, he failed the transfer market because of his like, you know, we were. I remember, I think Seth, we were like really poaching Seth Fabregas, if you guys remember this. Uh, and Tony Cruz. And Tony Cruz. We were very close to Cruz. Very, very close to Cruz. But then like Seth Fabregas, um, there was, it was very unrealistic that Seth would come to us. But at the same time, like Seth said that like, it was a very desperate attempt for Man United to try and sign him. At the end of the day, we only signed two players. One was Juan Mata, which is, I think is a pretty good buy uh, at yeah. that time at least. Um, he was, which is shocking, because he was Chelsea season player of the year the previous year. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. and then Mourinho was like, fuck off. Oh, and then um, <laughs> the, second, <laughs> the second notable transfer he did was Marwan Fellaini. And that was deadline day January transfers, which is also... Weren't they both January transfers? Just Were they actually? It. Oh, I'm not sure. I think yeah. Mata was signed... I think Mata like, was pre, I think, yeah. uh, season or whatever. Okay. Okay. We'll check on that. And um, yeah, so he desperately failed the transfer market. Um, he failed to impose like a distinctive style of play at Man United. We were like very non-threatening in attack. We were like shambolic in the defense. And, you know, there was no really like, there was no, it was very lackluster Man United, which is, you know, very hard to digest after a successful season with uh, Ferguson. He, get, he failed to get the best out of players like Wayne Rooney, Adnan Zanjai, Juan Massa, even Robin Van Persie to some extent. Uh, yeah, tactically very underwhelming manager, man. And, and yeah, along with, like, he, I felt like he didn't really do well with the senior players as well. There was, like, a deference there. 
He didn't really work with like Rio, Vidic. Vidic was still there last time, right? Then? Yeah. I think he was yeah, captain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah captain. I think so, it was his last season, yeah. Yeah. And like, I'll tell you what, like, uh, this is a little bit of a fun fact as well. Moyes' first game as manager, I watched that game. It was, do you guys remember when they came to Thailand for an All-Star game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'd gone to watch that game, and I saw Moyes' first game. We lost that game 1-0 <laughs> to the Thailand All-Stars. Was that the game where Danny <laughs> oh, yeah, Lovett tried yeah, to do a step over? Exactly the I game. was there, yeah. too. I was there, too. Yeah, that was fucking insane. Dude, I'm going to yeah. send you a picture of us at that game and just fucking put it up, dude. It was depressing. It's- All right, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> it was such a depressing game. I really traveled with the team, but he got injured, and he didn't play that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, must have been a sign, but yep, Moyes didn't really fit into the um, the club. He just lasted nine months, and yeah, it was pretty. It was sad to see because like we've had a manager for twenty six years, and then suddenly our next one only lasted nine months. So that's I feel like that's where all the troubles began. We couldn't really cope, and it was bad from the United uh, executive point of view as well. Hiring a sort of for me, I would say a substandard manager to fill the shoes of the Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to counter some of what you said, though. Like, you said <clears throat> Adnan Yanazai, dude, he yeah. developed a fuck ton under Moyes, to be fair. He only had a good season under David Moyes, like his only good time. <clears throat> also, the thing is, Mata was a January transfer, by the way. So, yeah. Moyes got nobody in that season and you could already tell when ferguson won the premier league that was an aging squad like we all knew it was the perfect time for fergie to leave because the squad was getting depleted as fuck they were all old we bought in no transfers kagawa was still brought in uh during fergie's reign and it's our chief executive left at the same time david gill had been there the entire time with uh alex ferguson there's a huge change. We brought in Ed Woodward. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why Moyes brought in his own entire own training staff. That was fucked. Yeah. We should have kept some people, you know, from yeah. you know from the past. But like to get no transfers to an aging squad um, was a bit unfair for him. And giving him a six-year contract is just like it's unreasonable for him to be able to live up to some high-ass expectations, you know, after the best manager of all time. To give him only yeah. nine months. Is is pretty unfair with a sh- like depleted squad, and RVP was on the decline. Rooney was on the decline. Yeah. Vidic got yeah. sold to Inter the next year. Yeah. Was at dog shit. Didn't even make the yeah. starting lineup after two games. He was Ferdinand- the captain as well, yeah. dude. He was our captain at that time as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ferd yeah. went to QPR. Was also benched at QP at QPR. So like. Yeah. There, there is a bit of you know unfair load thrown on David Moyes, but obviously, David Moyes wasn't the one. Like I don't want to, I can't counter your other points. Tactically, it wasn't there. He still had yeah. enough of a squad to do better than what he did, but yeah. I feel like we have to give him some like at least because we ruined his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> he should have yeah. stated it. I yeah, I, I completely agree with that too. Like I just feel like. What Moyes was doing with Everton at that point was was pretty impressive, but that wasn't enough. Which I never understood why. All right, he's doing well with a team like Everton, but what was your reasoning to bring him to United? Like, you know, we our 
our deliverables for the season and stuff was so much more higher than what Everton's is. So mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to me at that point. Obviously, we were all shocked. And I guess what happened was inevitable. Like, I don't think... if I, I never thought Moyes could surprise us because yeah. I was never, you know... Um, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's a different ball game when you have to deal with, like, you know, top-tier players compared to what he was dealing with at Everton. You know, so that's... that's yeah. um, to be honest, I thought David Moyes would do well at United because I saw where United was going. They wanted a long-term manager. They didn't want... We could have brought in Jose. Yeah. Jose was heavily linked for the job. And because we didn't yeah. give it to him, we, uh, you know, he went back to Chelsea. But I saw, like, our approach was we don't want someone like Jose who will come in for two years. We want someone like Fergie who will, you know, last us into the next yeah. decade. Yeah. But And Everton, he did a great job. Man. He was there for, like, 10 years yeah. plus. And yeah, he took yeah. a decent squad, you know, yeah, to be sixth place every year. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and he got was consistent for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, sure. I think, you know, that's it on David Moyes. He was not good enough to be the chosen one, but yeah. he was also unfairly treated a bit. And I think Vishnu covered it very well. Now, yeah. on to the man who replaced him, the man who's, like, the funniest fucking <laughs> character seen in post-match press conferences, yeah. uh, Mike Smalling, notably, and the dive yeah. to the yeah. referee, Mr. Louis Van Hall, Kartik, take us away with his yeah. time. LVG. So, LVG came to us right after Moise, well, after that season. Uh, he took over from Giggsy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, so, I was on the season of 2014. Uh, 15 was his first season he played a total of 105 matches we only had 54 wins and 25 losses so that's again like a 50 percent almost um win streak for us so that wasn't great either um but yeah i mean he brought in um i think we should start with there's a lot to talk about this guy like I don't know. He was there with us for two seasons. Uh, he's brought in several players and players of like extremely high quality. You know, uh, just to begin with Di Maria, Martial, Shaw, Herrera, Schneiderlin, Depay, Rojo, Darmian, Daily Blind, Schweinsteiger, and Falcao on loan. Oh my God, dude. Like this Falcao. was, if you just, there's a, there's a, there's a starting 11 right here on this, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, the kind of quality he brought in and I don't know, man, I think uh, when Moyes had left, we were in seventh position uh, at that point, uh, the last season. Uh, but right after that, when, after Van Hal took over, we finished fourth that season. So I think we saw some amounts of improvement, uh, but I think the biggest thing Van Hal ever struggled with was, again, he couldn't establish a style of play like you could see like every game he was constantly confused with where to play people and he had a completely packed squad at this point I think the first season when he came in like I, I just I just saw a picture while I was reading up on this guy there was a picture with Robin Van Percy, Rooney, Falcao and Di Maria all celebrating a goal and you're just looking at that picture and you're just like how did a team with so much quality yeah. just finish fourth in that season you know so yeah. Yeah, dude, like, it just didn't make sense. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, um, Van Hal was, I think, the beginning of this rebuilding process that we're going through right now. Because uh, once Moyes left, a lot of our older players left too. And for Van Hal, it was twice the job he had to do. He had to bring in, he had to completely establish a new team. So you saw during Van Hal's time, there were a lot of positives. Like, Rashford 
it was the beginning of Rashford's era. That's when he started playing for us a lot. He started seeing the kind of quality he had in us. I hate to say it, but even Lingard played really well underneath him. And at that point, we weren't hating on Jesse as much as we are now. But that's yeah. Jesse's fault for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, what else? And yeah, David De Gea was probably his yeah his reign of being one of the best goalkeepers in the world started under Van Gaal as well. His first season was pretty, I guess, slow. But then we saw what De Gea was capable of under Van. Like it started under Van Gaal. And yeah, he brought us some strong players like Herrera and Blind as well, who stayed for a while, who did good. Uh, Herrera especially, and he's also in one of his talks that like, he also pointed out Herrera to be like uh, probably the most significantly improved player since when he initially brought him to, you know, to when he left. Like he was probably one of his best players, is what he said. So yeah, but I think his biggest issue was his strategy, and I don't think that quite worked for us. Um, he fucked up with Di Maria as well, is what I feel. Uh, Di Maria, when he came on, as soon as we brought him, the first two three games, suddenly those those series of lackluster performances we had under Moyes, and when he started off Di Maria at the wing, we had probably the most incredible like the first two three games, dude. We could see what Di Maria was bringing to this team, like the pace on the wings, the balls he was playing, the attacking prowess that he showed was phenomenal. So. You know, but then uh, I think what happened after that is I was reading up on this too. Van Hal was like, um, I felt like Di Maria wasn't delivering enough in the winger position, which is why he moved into a more central position. He was like, for a player who I paid 80 million for, wasn't doing enough in the winger position, so I had to, <laughs> I had to move him to a more central position, and that's where I think he fucked up. And I think another player he wasted too during his time was Juan Mata. He kept playing Mata on the right wing a lot when Mata was Chelsea's number 10 dude. I think uh, I just felt like Van Hall didn't have the patience to kind of see this team rebuild. It's like what Ollie has done, for instance. Like Ollie has stuck to his guns, like he's stuck to his formation. He's not trying to change it around a lot. You know, he's still playing players that they're good at. Like Rashford, for instance, like he's he's put Rashford on the wings, even though Rashford took a while to start scoring this season, but once he did. Once he got used to that position, dude, I don't think right now Rashford in that position, there are very few players who are better than Rashford, in, especially in the Premier League. So, yeah, I mean, it was all, I don't feel like Van Hall had, um, could establish that discipline with his formation because he kept changing things around way too much. So, yeah, I mean, that's mainly what I wanted to talk about. Uh, but we'll get into it more. Guys. Yeah, cool. Um, there's yeah. there's a few things again I want to counter to what you're saying because I again yeah. feel that there's there's some like good things that you didn't bring up and some things where you have to give him some leeway. So like you said, yeah. the entire squad left Ferdinand, Vidic, Evra. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of our midfield attack was getting older, and at times our back four was I kid you not, it was Varela who is now playing in yeah. not even. Second tier football. Yeah, yeah, Varela. Uh, Paddy McNair, who plays in the championship. Tyler Blackett, yeah. I don't know who the fuck he is. And Timothy Fosu Mensa, who's awesome. supposed to be really yeah. good, but he's a center mid and he was playing right back. Yeah. And yeah. like, dude, yeah. what kind of, like, and then he had Chris Smalling and Phil Jones, but they were injured so much during his time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then he was trying to implement this philosophy where we're playing like, you know, possession-based football like Bayern, I yeah. mean, like uh, Barcelona does. Barcelona, but it ended yeah, up yeah. being so boring because we had nothing to penetrate, especially after Di Maria left. We were so slow. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it was 
we didn't have the players for that system. But I, right. I, I feel like I should say like that he had to rebuild the entire squad, and that's why there's such a huge yeah. list of names. Yeah. And but he also had to yeah. deliver quickly, so he had to bring in some people like Falcao, who were supposed to be really yeah. good. But were coming toward. Right. They couldn't play. He went to Chelsea after. He completely it's, fucked Chelsea. Yeah, as well. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just a matter of. I think he also mentioned he's like adapting to the Premier League is obviously way harder for a lot of players, and to come into a team that is still, that is st- now trying to figure out this new era of players, a new era of football, and the style, the way they play. Like it was hard for people like Falcao, Di Maria, coming from completely yeah. different type of leagues. Like they did have quality. Like Falcao was probably at that point one of the you know most sought out after strikers ever at that point. And when we got Falcao as well, like. At that point, yeah, I was a little confused, but I get it. Like, Percy was on his decline. We had to get Falcao in, you know, so it but all so made sense to me. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But we brought him in on loan. So I guess, I, I think Falcao had a little more left in him than Percy did by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just think, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, Van Hal did have, a, had a lot to do. And I don't think people realize that. I think. There is this theory that I have, though. I feel like Van Hall, they should have probably brought in Van Hall a lot sooner than probably at this point, like where he could have at least been with the older team and then slowly had the time to, like, you know, instead of getting more. I think at that point, as soon as Fergie left, what we needed was I'm not saying Moyes is not experienced, but we needed someone who's handled like big clubs before. And Van yeah. Hall, um, yeah. you know, he exactly. So, yeah. And just before he came to United, when he came to United, I was really happy, to be honest. I mean, yeah. He had a pretty successful World Cup season with Netherlands in the finals. Yeah. Okay, they didn't win it, but whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think he just he just got the sharp end of the sword, and it was tough, dude. I don't think everyone could have done this. And right now, again, we're still in that process of rebuilding, and finally, yeah. we're getting there. I guess slowly, but yeah, it was a lot for him. Yeah. Dude, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. In um in his defense, yeah, absolutely, you guys were spot on. Um, yeah, Moyes kind of fucked things up over for him. He had to like sort of take that burden upon himself to rebuild the yeah. side and stuff. But man, it was. I just remember like when Van Hal was. This is the reason why I don't like Van Hal like as much as like maybe you guys maybe have a lot more pity for him than I do. Um, it was so boring football. It was like yeah, it was it was, it was, it was fucking very gross. very boring football. And out of sat there as well. United had the most back passes in the Premier League that season with Loi Van Hal. And we had 3,222 passes, 400 more than Arsenal. And this is putting some sort of perspective onto this. That is very boring football. Yeah. It, was, it, was called, it, was, it was, there was no way that there was any exciting format of the game. It was one of the years that I, you know, was very was bored. Such play, yeah. Generally, and we like, had such was quality in our team too, man. Yeah. yeah. And but you know why, but, dude? Like, he only had Di Maria who could penetrate the box. Like, it's supposed to be like when you're playing that system, you pass, you pass, you pass. Then you see an opening and someone fast, like Martial. That's why when Martial yeah. came in, he did so well. Because then you penetrate that little hole. Yeah. But we were playing Young and Valencia on the wing who can dribble for shit. And we're old. That, that's my yeah, thinking. Yeah. And another thing I'm pissed off about is, like, here's the reason um, we let go of Johnny Evans. Um, um, I understand there's like three other like Nani, RBP and Chicharito left during that time as well but that's you know excusable they were like past their prime 
And uh, but yeah, Johnny Evans, Raphael, all these guys like they could have had like a good future with United if you know if they had like the proper guidance and stuff. And we wouldn't have struggled. We wouldn't have fucked things up a lot more if you know if it wasn't for Louis Van Gaal. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing that I found really interesting and that I found is when uh, Van Hal was hired by Woodward, Woodward, he was straight up. He so he's like, this is the only club that I joined, and the club never spoke to me about their philosophies. So I was just he's like, every club I've been to has told them about what they're looking for, what their playing style, the kind of philosophy they follow. But at this point, like there was no such conversation ever. So I feel like Van Hal. felt like he was just entering something where now he had to establish his own philosophy and you know start this whole new era for Manchester United but that completely failed and he was that's so true shit management yeah. like yeah completely so i yeah. think that's yeah, yeah that's it when van hal <clears throat> just rip to shreds mr fucking jose mourinho dude And I think we can all say we all very much hate this manager. Like he took us back, I think, years in progress. He he. The thing that really pissed me off before I go into the story behind his demise was that he every decision seemed to be made out of a selfish, you know, instinct out of him. Everything he did was how do I protect myself? How do I look good in front of the media? how do i make sure that i do not get any blame for this and it was just like every single game it was so fucking annoying to see but let's go through some of this history that jose mourinho you know what that started his demise from the very first day and the very first thing he did was in pre-season and going into the into the regular season um he didn't take schweinsteiger onto the yeah. traveling squad for the us trip Then he moved Schweinsteiger, a fucking legend of the game, a legend, onto yeah. playing with the reserves. What the fuck, dude? If you don't want to pick him, fine. Yeah. If you don't want him in your 18, fine. You do yeah. not move someone like that and force him. He he apparently took his name out of the fucking locker room and moved him into the reserve squad. Didn't even allow him to sit in. What what could a classy man like Schweinsteiger have done? And that fucker didn't complain yeah. once. He went to every yeah. single one of our games and watched from the stands. like and he always supported the team so yeah. jose just started off on the wrong foot with all of us there but yeah. yeah he won he won the fucking uh you know community shield barely barely won zlatan saved us in that game yeah. and yeah. uh you know lvg brought us there by winning the fa cup so yeah. you know then he's already saying yeah i've won something and then mm. slowly you know he he started bringing in his own players he brought Mkhitaryan he brought in Bai he brought in Slatan and Pogba you know the two really really big signings for him Slatan and Pogba which yeah. he then went on to ride their coattails like Slatan saved us in every game we had no sense of football and he was always saying yeah we need to transition the transition but it was almost more boring than fucking LVG because we were fucking sitting back against the shittiest teams and Zlatan would score a goal out of nowhere and i think yeah. the best one is Bournemouth's goal he scored it from fucking 32 yards out in our like yeah. you know second or third game so i think it it all showed from there that we are starting on a negative approach and mm-hmm. we're not moving forward like the united way okay yeah. so now we're but we're winning games we're still you know in the running and then 
he starts saying, okay, Henrik Mkhitaryan, like, you can fuck off now. Like, you know, you, you played one game when I brought you in, but, you know, I'm going to keep you out, you know, in the dog house for six months and keep ripping you in the media saying he's not ready, he's not ready, he's not ready. Then bring you in for the toughest game against Manchester yeah. City with Jesse Lingard. And yeah. then they played shit, brought him off for 45 minutes. Like, dude, you haven't played the man for six months. You're bringing him in the hardest game of our year when Man yeah. City's home. And then you take him out in 45 minutes and you again say in the post-match press conference, yeah, he's not ready. He lost us this game. What the fuck, dude? Like, what kind of man management is that? So already two players he's fucked with. Then we keep going, we keep going, shit performances after shit performances. Uh, you know, we're doing terribly in the Premier League. We put all of our attention on the Europa League and f- somehow we win. You know, somehow we get to the final, even though Zlatan gets injured. And even though he carried us there and we win and it, it puts a band-aid on all the shit he just did. And I agree. Yeah. As a fan, hell yeah, dude. We're in the Champions League. Yeah. We just fucking yeah. six Premier League. Like, and it just puts a band-aid. And he, he used that as an excuse. So then, okay, we go on to the next season and he brings in, you know, he brings in a few more players. And again, we start off the season, we're playing shit. And but we keep winning, we keep winning, we keep winning, we keep winning. Somehow one zeros, and all the other teams are shit. Liverpool is still struggling because they just brought in Klopp, and um, yeah. you know Tottenham aren't doing well. Arsenal are doing shit, and we get yeah. to second place, even though all of those teams that I just mentioned yeah. were way better than us. Again, papering over the cracks. We had no structure. Then we move on to the third season where he can't stop bitching about the preseason. Oh, we shouldn't go to Asia. It's so fucking badly yeah. planned, blah, blah, blah. Dude, nonstop complaining. Oh, the, the board didn't get me what I want. You know, I didn't get a center back, but you still spent 78 million. You brought in Fred yeah. and you brought in Diogo Dalo. Um, but yes. nonstop bitching, nonstop bitching. Finally, we go into the season and it, everything that was being papered over the cracks comes out. You know, every play, Pogba starts getting in heated debates. I mean, they mm-hmm. you see the training ground shit. Yeah, they fucking hate each other. Uh, our best player, he's he started the demise of why Pogba wanted to leave. Um, you know, Lukaku again wasn't performing this year after having a great first season. I didn't mention that we brought him in, but that was a huge signing. Yeah. And um, we, everything starts to unravel. We're losing. We're losing. We're losing. He's blaming everybody that he can fucking get his hands on. Luke Shaw's too shit he's unfit he's fat Lingard is not performing the way I want Pogba's not performing and then the most fucking disgraceful thing that he did was Anthony Martial was on a six game scoring streak and it's about to be January and Mr. Jose Mourinho decides yes let's bring in someone who will ruin our wage structure someone who has been injured for the last six months and when he came back, he was shit for Arsenal. And someone yeah. who's just had overall negative attitude and, you know, ruined everything for us, we brought in Alexis Sanchez. And he's really just like the peak of Pogba wants to get on Sanchez's salary. De Gea wants to yeah. get on Sanchez's salary. Rashford wants to get on, who's the only yeah. one who fucking deserves it. And that's the demise. He lost to Liverpool, and that's the history. He... Fucking yeah. lost Liverpool after so long. We were all begging yeah. him for leave. It was so toxic. And yeah, that's his his story. It was just a complete shit show under Jose Mourinho. And like I said, 
took us back years. Now I will hand the floor to you guys to, you know, continue to shit on this man. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, man, Jose Mourinho, what a fucking story. He spent 461 million um, euros in total, by the way. And, um, yeah, and also the whole point on Mkhitaryan, um, giving drilling, like, I think his confidence was just down because of that. I think he ended Mkhitaryan's career with that as well. He's not performing well at Arsenal now as well. Has he left yet? I don't think so. He's in Roma. He's in Roma. Yeah. Oh, he's in Roma now, yeah. So, yeah, that was a swap deal with uh, Alex and Sanchez for that. Uh, Didn't make sense at all. Sanchez really fucked things up a lot more for us. He's still our player. We're still facing that problem of, like, still he's being contracted. I think recently Inter Milan came out and said that, yo, fuck this guy. We don't need him. We're going to send him back to Manchester. I wonder if Ole's going to use him at all or, like, you know, we might just, you know, kick him out as well. Don't know about that. But, yeah, Jose Mourinho's really fucked things over. Took us backwards two years, at least. Um, the whole, like, park the bus mentality was very evident when he was playing with Man United, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, we would just sit back and, like, you know, score one goal and sit back. No attacking football after that and stuff. Um, we've lost. We, I think we could have scored a lot more goals if it wasn't for that philosophy. Um, his, like, big fucking ego was the biggest, like, issue in the dressing room as well. He was making players a lot more, they were, he was making players nervous and very uncomfortable. In, by saying that, by suggesting that he was defending the team, was actually hurting the team a lot more. Uh, if you guys remember the, um, the, the game after Sevilla, I think, the Champions League game, where he just walks out, storms out, goes like, respect, respect. We're trying to put that clip up here. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. Respect. But, respect. Respect. Fucking <laughs> bullshit. But yeah, he, it's it's horrible, man. Like it's from a a, a manager who's won Champions League with like three in three different teams, and uh, yeah, it's. Hailed as one of the greatest, the chosen one, whatever it is, comes into our team. And it was like a slow death of Man United, as we know it. Fuck this guy, dude. Like, yeah, Karthik, go for it. And, and I think, yeah, I think every time, like, he was so close to getting sacked, he would go and win a game against, like, Juventus. Or against, yeah. like, you know, and then he would, like like you said, Arman, like, he would just put a fucking band-aid on things. Yeah. Like, all right, I might have something, you know, after all, like, he's a season trophy winner or whatever. But, dude, but at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of the issues we're facing with Pogba right now and the initial shit we went through with Lingard, like, the lack of discipline within the team, it had a lot to do with him, dude. Like, he seems like this hardcore, like, this person who's, like, so hardcore and disciplined or whatever. But, dude, he himself is so all over the place. Like, he has no discipline in front of the media. He's just shitting on players. He's got no, he doesn't think twice before what he says in front of the media. And that, that affected everyone, dude. And I think the players, um, I guess even the players like Pogba, Lingard and stuff, start, kept, kept, I think that ego sort of like built within them too. And it was eventually between what happened between Pogba and Mourinho was just an ego clash. And it was so evident it was for the cameras, dude. Because dude, literally yeah. the media is only let in for like 15 minutes of their training sessions. So during that point is when Mourinho had to pick up a fucking fight. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, this is definitely some fucked up, weird publicity yeah. shit that he was doing. But yeah, I mean, I think the only 
counterpoint I had was, um, yeah, Mourinho complained the fuck lo- fuckload, but the preseason games thing is something that even Louis Van Hall pointed out, that what Manchester United have been struggling with lately is putting aside their commercial aspect of things and mm-hmm. what uh, and the uh, and the football bit of it. And he's like, that's where like we need a really good technical director, which is what we all keep talking about. But yeah, because yeah. what happened was even when Louis Van Hall came, the first season, the preseason games in the USA, we won all of them. We yeah. won all of yeah. them. Then we started the league, we played against Swansea, and we lost. And he was just like, yeah, obviously, players are fucking tired after playing like so many preseason games. It wasn't like one, two, or three. It was a significant amount just for the commercial purposes. So yeah, it's like, I get that point, I guess. But yeah, Mourinho was a fucking prick, and he couldn't stop complaining. And overall, he just... I think yeah. I think I think uh, people don't realize what Oli has done after Mourinho and the kind of mentality he's brought back. I don't know how he's managed to do that, but he's, I think that for sure deserves a lot of credibility because Mourinho fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah, and after after Mourinho left, there was an expose done by an inter by a journalist who contacted someone in the internal staff. People think it's that Rory uh, that that coach that uh, assistant coach. And he yeah. went on in detail about how toxic everything was from the cafeteria staff to the coaching staff to everything just felt toxic as fuck. And you can't mm-hmm. perform your best in a toxic environment. And I think, honestly, Jose Mourinho is done as a top tier manager. I think he could do really good with a shit team and, yeah. you know, yeah. use this kind of atmosphere to get up a shit team. But he doesn't know how to handle top players anymore. You're seeing it at Tottenham. Jose Mourinho has lost eight knockout round games in the Champions League in a row. Like, that is ridiculous. From a guy like Kartik said, who won three Champions Leagues with three different teams to going and not able to win shit. You know, Um, it's it's such an incredible demise of... And he he keeps getting a top job. I was so surprised when he got Tottenham. And people were saying like, oh... Jose Mourinho is bringing up Tottenham. That's why they're getting results. No, they, they just wanted Pochettino out. It was stale. Yeah. And now you're seeing, he was like, oh, uh, where is, he was being all smiley. Um, you know, uh, where is Deli Ali? I see his brother right now saying, and Sonaldo Nozario. Like he was saying yeah. all this like shit for the media. And now it's already like, yeah, I subbed off Deli Ali in the Leipzig game because he was shit after 45 minutes. Yeah, Christian Eriksen fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, I don't know what, you know, Indombele is doing. He's always injured. You know, he's overweight. He's your summer signing. He's the top signing for Spurs. You know, he's a huge talent and apparently is a very sensitive dude. And again, you're just giving him even worse than Pogba got off the start when he's adjusting to life. He's 23, dude. He's fucking 23. Like, he's lost it, in my opinion. He's not a top-tier manager anymore. I think he should honestly just quit while he's ahead now and, like, you know he's I mean? not ahead. He's so far behind. I mean, like, right now, yeah. But like now what's going to happen, I feel, is with Spurs as well. I don't think Spurs is making it to the top four for sure. Uh, no, no chance. Yeah. yeah. And wants I to leave. Think, Deli Ali wants to leave. Like, yeah. yeah I, I just, yeah. I, but you're right. I guess he just needs to like go to a smaller team maybe or, you know, where like the expectations aren't so high because he, he hasn't adapted to modern style of football. Dude. He's still, he's still yeah. you know, living in the past about when he won with what he did with Porto, what he did with Madrid, what he did with Chelsea. Like, 
you know, uh, but those days are over, dude. Like we have a new generation of players that's come in. We play a different type of yeah. football, more like on the counter attack, attacking type of football, which I don't think Mourinho has ever uh, understood yeah. or has dude, tried. I don't to. know how it's possible how he took a team like Tottenham, who were one of the best passing team in the yeah. league, yeah. and made them one of the shittiest. They yeah. look like they don't have control of the ball. Yeah. Like. I don't know, dude. I just I have these exceptional minds. He can't even like attract the big names anymore. Uh, we we no. Tottenham without even like you you started whinging about like how Tottenham are not giving him any uh, budget transfer budgets and stuff to make some big purchases and stuff. And you're like, dude, look at yourself. Like, look at your history. You know the reason why they're not doing this for you. And like Tottenham is in like their transition period where they paid a shit ton of money for their like the renovation of the new stadium. So they don't have a lot of like allocations for budget. So they're they're expecting uh, uh, Mourinho, who's got a vast experience in the Premier League, to come and sort of bring these changes where they can like change Tottenham from like a number five finishing team to like a number three finishing team. But then yeah, his mentality is all fucked already. Like he's already lost the dressing room now. Uh, Tottenham has again gone two years back. It's it's gonna suck for them. I don't. The only thing I see him doing after this is going back to Portugal and managing like Sporting or Benfica or something like that, and just like ending his career there. So I don't. Do, I, don't... I think he could be good for like a Newcastle, like a shit team in the Premier League where he's like, you know, everything's against us, and those guys they will take shit because they're not top tier players with you know huge egos. He could go to a shit team like Rafa Benitez did and like move them up. I, I don't know why he went for Spurs. Like his ego is just up here. He should have got a shit team. With potential, like West Ham, they have so much potential, mm. even though they're playing absolute shit. And brought him up, yeah. and then proven, like, dude, I'm, I'm still here. But he still, yeah. he had to go for another top club and ruined him. Now he, his stock is gone. No, and I feel like he, he, I think for him, the solution is just buying more players. But yeah, anything that goes wrong, he just feels like, all right, I gotta buy this guy. I gotta buy this guy. We'll invest in this guy. And like, there's no like player retention. If I was a player in Jose Mourinho's squad, I would be very worried about my place the next year. Because, like, no matter what I've said, see, we've seen this happen with Mata as well when he was player of the season twice in a row, yeah. and you fucking sold him. You sold him. Like, it's to us, so I'm, like, happy about that. But, yeah, you can see, you can expect this. Like, Lukaku, this happened in Lukaku as well. Now, like, uh, yesterday something came out where Lukaku uh, yeah. praised Oli yeah. again about this. Oli, yeah. Where yeah. He mentioned that, like, yeah, Oli wanted, really, really wanted me to stay, but, like, I just had enough. I had to leave. And, uh, yeah, and he also said that, like, Oli was very, gen- like, genuine about it. He helped me out with the transfer, everything. Made it as comfortable as easy as it is for, for the transition to move to Milan. And if someone's, like, fucked up a player that bad, that, like, even without you being in the club, he still can't stay in the club. That's some, like, Jose Mourinho tactics there, man. And, like, yeah, I don't see him advancing Tottenham into anything now. I don't think they're out of the Champions League now as well. They're out of fucking every, out of every title race, every... Yeah, we'll see. I don't have much hope for Jose Mourinho now. He's just yeah. a selfish fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and he's I not, think, like, unless, unless he changes, sure. like, mm-hmm. he's not going to change now, dude. Like, it's too late for the dude. Like, it's like, I don't see it happening. Like, if he's going to go ahead with the same mentality, yeah, he's not winning anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, he, he's just always made selfish moves. You know, I think he needs to just recoup this summer, try to change, you know, but I don't think he will, like you said, go to a shit club and rebuild himself. But he, he's toxic. He's just absolutely toxic. And yeah. finally, dude, that feels like such a weight off my chest because I've been trying to, 
fucking talk shit about Mourinho for so long. <laughs> Finally, it's out. Like, I feel, I feel at peace. Now. I feel calm. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. I think we'll wrap up here unless you boys want to add in anything before we close. Nah, nah, dude. All right. Well, this has been the post Fergie demise, but hopefully recoup now. But the reasons behind why we've been fucking struggling since 2012. Manager edition. I hope you guys liked this video and podcast. Please share it. Um, you know, like us on Instagram, check us out on all platforms on Spotify. We're actually doing much better than we thought on Spotify. People are listening to us, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, support the channel and spread the love, boys and girls, if you're yeah. listening. Yeah, peace out. peace out. Don't touch your face, guys. I'm washing. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I think I'm excited. <laughs> all right. Till all the right. next one, boys. Yeah, See y'all later. Peace out.